My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. You're listening to The Lincoln Addict Podcast, brought to you by Devious Customs. Visit deviouscustoms.com, click on store, and order some parts for your Lincoln. Whether you're looking to lay out your Lincoln or just get it roadworthy, Jeff and the team have many different parts to fit your needs, including gauges, suspension kits, and oh yeah, those custom gas tanks. Make sure you tell Jeff... Lincoln Attic Podcast sent you. Also, check out our friends at Colorado Custom Wheels, a.k.a. CC Cycle Wheels. If you're on Instagram, type in CC Cycle Wheels. Give them a follow. Also, their telephone number is listed right there in their bio, 714-441-2498. They're located in California. Make sure you give Michael a call. They're the only company in the world that's reproducing an original style Lincoln Continental wheel from the 60s. You can pick any different size. 17s look great, but you can go much bigger. Again, make sure you look up Colorado Custom Wheels, a.k.a. CC Cycle Wheels, on Instagram. Place an order today. They also do custom steering wheels, which, oh, by the way, our title guest, James, he also sells them from Detroit Deviant on his website. So make sure you check them out. Enjoy this episode, and please make sure you subscribe via your favorite podcast app. Much, much, much more to come from Lincoln Attic. Appreciate y'all. It's got a Lincoln motor, and it's really souped up, and that Model 8 body makes it look like a pup. It's got eight cylinders, and use them all. Got overdrive, just won't stall. With four bow carbs and a dual exhaust and four lemon gears, you can really get lost. Hey, this is Tony Boss Bowling coming to you from the Lincoln Attic Podcast. Hey, hey. It's Jason, the Lincoln Addict. Thank you, Tony Boss Bolin, for the little intro there. He stopped by just the other night. Want to thank everyone for tuning in to the first episode of Lincoln Addict Podcast. If you know me, Jason ODB, also known as the Lincoln Addict, I have been producing and co-hosting a podcast called Our Lifestyle Podcast. It is tied around the mini truck community, something that's uh, that I really grew up enjoying in terms of uh, trucks, you know, some people call them low riders. They're mini trucks, air suspension, so many different topics we cover. So if you enjoy this podcast, one, I hope that you subscribe. Two, uh, please, uh, you know, check out our lifestyle podcast. This is, as I mentioned, the first episode, and we've got uh, a native Floridian here. He's now a Floridian, and he runs a company, a couple of companies. But one is Detroit Deviant, so we'll talk to James. I think you will thoroughly enjoy what he's doing. It's possible that you do not know that the business exists in terms of what he's doing for producing parts for Lincolns. As I mentioned with the introduction, I want to say thanks to uh, Devious Customs. Jeff is a great guy. He's been around a long time, give or take about 20 years in the in the business. And if you're on uh, Facebook, make sure you're following Devious Customs. If you're on Instagram, you have to follow a Jeff at Devious. He also has a show on Amazon Prime video. Check it out. There's about five episodes. Some of the feedback early on, I know uh, Jeff really well, and you know he took it to heart, and he said, hey, we're going to keep improving, and that's what you try to do in life, obviously. What he did was, episode five, they even improved the audio a lot more. It's a great show, a lot of fun to watch. And if you like Lincolns, there's plenty of those. So shout out to Scott, Jeff, all the guys working there. Uh, they're good people. Uh, Mrs. Devious Customs, you know, he's got an awesome wife that supports his habits as far as cars go. Jeff is building uh, some of the coolest Lincolns in the United States. If you're into custom Lincolns, you'll love it. If you're a purist, totally understand. You're probably not going to like it because, you know, he's lowering cars and that type of thing. Sometimes LS swaps. Sometimes coyote swaps, but as many folks know out there that love these cars, so many of them are gone beyond you know bringing back. But people are still bringing them back. They're building full chassis for these cars. I know the Rod Shop offers that full custom chassis. You cut out the whole 
basically f- floor and the subframe of the car, and boom, you've got a, a car on a chassis now. So many different uh, topics to cover on this podcast, you know, from brake upgrades. We're going to cover a lot of that over the next, uh, I'd say, year or two. We've got so many companies that are getting behind these cars, although most of us will kind of say, ah, you can't buy anything for a Lincoln. Each passing year, that becomes less and less true. It's, uh, it is true that you can't just go out and buy a water pump, you know, super easy, even though they're listed on Napa's website, they don't have them in stock. It's, you know, that, that is definitely a true statement. Uh, we all have heard the term leaking life. You know, we're living that leaking life and we're driving and we're breaking down and we're overheating and we're having vapor lock and this and that, you know, it is true that the cars aren't cheap. You know, you can build so many other cars for a lot cheaper. I think what's important is so many people, when they see the cars, they see them rolling, they're giving thumbs up. I went uh, with Tony earlier this week to a local little car show. It's every Tuesday. And I wasn't there when he pulled in, but he told me, man, there was like a sea of people that just rushed over to the car. And speaking of leaking life, even Tony Boss Bolin, he was overheating a little bit. And uh, he's got a lot of upgrades on the car still was overheating these cars. <laughs> they don't like traffic. I know that. I uh, had a vapor lock issue several weeks back myself. So I'm getting ready to do a lot of upgrades on my 64. We'll talk all about uh, you know those the, those projects here on Lincoln Attic Podcast, of course. Want to give a shout out to the Lincoln Forum. So you'll hear me mention that uh, throughout recording these, thelincolnforum.net, a great place to go to get information. I know we live in an instant society. A lot of the, the older guys on the Lincoln Forum.net will probably side with me on this. You know, Facebook is great because there is a wealth of information. There's no denying it. The good thing about the Lincoln Forum, and I think Facebook has improved being able to, to do the, the search and the groups and things like that, but the Lincoln Forum.net, everything is there. I mean, my old build threads for JFK Ride and Smugglers Blues, uh, that's in the customized section. But then you look in the convertible section, motor section, miscellaneous Lincoln section. There is a ton of information that's there. I searched threads one night going back to like 2002, I think it was. I mean, it was like forever ago. Stuff is still there. Now, you get really, really far back and you know some of the threads are kind of a little messed up. I don't know if it was the images weren't showing, but I mean, we're talking almost 20 years. Lots of problems can be fixed just by searching that forum and landing on whatever issue that you're having. So uh, make sure if you're a Lincoln fan or someone that's going to eventually buy one of these cars, hands down, go into the forum, study it, understand it, save different threads as favorites in your you know Safari browser or your Google Chrome or Firefox, whatever the hell you're using. But just save the stuff, you know, make it organized, make a, what I do is I have a, a Lincoln folder and then I've got an interior folder underneath that motor, convertible, brakes, just whatever. And it's all organized. And with Apple, and I think the same thing with Google, uh, Chrome, uh, when I'm in Safari, I can even change the title so it makes it easy for me to search my favorites. And all that information's right there. If you think that you're going to eventually have an issue, believe me, you will. And you find a good thread, save it. That's the best thing you can do. I remember when I first got my sedan, I didn't really ever dream that I, well, I did dream, but I didn't think that I was going to have a convertible, but I knew that was like a whole nother section of my owner's manual. I never really wanted to delve into because, Hey, I had enough, I have enough problems to deal with. But as I would run across an awesome thread that had some great advice from John Cashman or someone, boom, I save it and it's right there. Lastly, I'll say I gave the shout out to CC Cycle Wheels. There was an episode on our lifestyle podcast. I had Michael on. Michael went through the history of the company. Many people see the name of Colorado Custom Wheels and they immediately think, what state? Colorado. They're actually located, as I mentioned in the intro, in California. They are a great company. If you look at their videos they post on Facebook, it on their or excuse me, Facebook, mostly on Instagram and their Instagram stories, they are all about producing the best best billet wheels in the entire world. 
And I know early in the intro, I did say they're reproducing the Lincoln wheels of the 60s. I think everyone gets it. It's not really the wheel. It, it's like the hubcap that they're reproducing. So they offer different custom packages for just you name it. They are the best in the business. So make sure you check them out. They're great people. With that being said, there's tons of other people that I want to thank that have helped me, and I'll continue to do that bi-weekly via this podcast. But first, Blair Farmer in Clearwater with Lincoln Continental Services and his right-hand girl, Teresa. She is awesome. She's the uh, Lincoln basket case. They are two of the greatest people that I know in the Lincoln scene. Uh, I will be doing an interview at some point with Blair to talk about his history He knows so much about these cars, just like a few other guys out there do. There's other people that I want to bring on as well. I get to see Chris Dunn a lot, uh, especially hanging out with the uh, homie Tony Boss Bolin. You guys know Chris from Lincoln Land. What a great dude. Then we also have Kelly over at Old Lincoln Parts. Tons and tons of people to highlight. Uh, Herb is her father. He is a guy that knows a lot. So we're kind of uh, in the Bermuda Triangle, if you will, of Lincoln Continental uh, Services, right? With uh, Old Lincoln Parts, you got Blair, then you also got Chris Dunn. All great shops, all great resources, and then rest in peace, Tim Nill. I definitely want to say anyone that's ever done business with the Lincoln Ranch, uh, which was Lincoln-Ranch.com. Uh, Tim passed away earlier this year, really unexpectedly. He was someone I call a dear friend. He helped me a lot. And uh, a friend of mine over at Horn Blasters, Rigo, had originally told me about Tim. And Tim worked on Matt that owns hornblasters.com. He worked on his 65. And upon doing that, you know, he basically said, hey, Tim is the guy to go to. And I started going to uh, Tim to buy parts. So, That's just a small little snippet into the whole kind of, I'll say, Tampa Bay area. Uh, There's a lot of Lincolns around here. I think we're going to get them together very soon for a Lincoln cruise. It's going to be the 55th anniversary of JFK's visit to Tampa Bay area. Of course, right before his untimely uh, assassination back in 1963. JFK was here approximately one week prior to that. And, of course, we now have Kennedy Boulevard uh, because of his visit. Also, there is a landmarker in downtown Tampa, and then there's a statue, of course, uh, that's at University of Tampa, right on Kennedy Boulevard. So, again, a lot to talk about. I love Lincolns. That's why I'm the Lincoln addict, and I look forward to kind of bringing you guys through some awesome stories. If I told you the guest lineup that we have over the next six months, you wouldn't believe it. So, please, uh, support those that support us with Devious Customs and CC Cycle Wheels. And I just want to say, appreciate y'all and enjoy this interview with James from Detroit D. Scared to break some good tires fast. Pulled out of San Pedro late one night. The moon and the stars were shining bright. We was driving up old Grapevine Hill, passing cars like they were standing still. Hey, so you're listening to Lincoln Attic Podcast. Appreciate y'all checking out episode one. As I mentioned, uh, we are getting in the podcast game. For anyone that knows and follows me on Instagram and Facebook, I have uh, been producing a podcast for about three years, and I love doing it. It's called Our Lifestyle, the podcast. But as we transition into Lincoln Attic Podcast, I want to welcome someone that I call a friend, James Spiroff. Uh, this is episode one, man. James, how's it going, man? It's going pretty good, man. How you doing? Really, really good, dude. Uh, I appreciate you as a as a person, man, especially in the, the Lincoln scene. A lot of guys may not know about James. If you're on uh, a couple of the Facebook groups, you'll know well aware that he's producing some cool parts. We're going to talk about that. Uh, James, would you mind kind of just giving the listeners a little bit of background on who you are? Sure, yeah. Thank you very much for having me on here on the first Lincoln Attic podcast. That's very cool, very cool. Um, you know, I'm a guy here, and uh, I live uh, in in Deland, Florida, pretty much, and uh been down here about 16, 17 years now from Michigan, Michigan native, 
And I've uh, been basically designing, customizing cars, motorcycles, boats um, since I was like 15, 16 years old. And uh, pretty much done a lot of things with cars. And um, I've had my Lincoln now for, I guess, about eight or nine years and had a lot of ideas for for parts uh, that I wanted to build for my car. And um, so that kind of evolved into um, building up that my Detroit Deviant brand of Lincoln Continental Car Parts that uh, you're well aware of. And uh, hopefully a lot of guys have seen our stuff so far. We've been putting out and uh, working really hard on getting some really high-quality American-made parts out there for everybody with their cars, and it's been going pretty good so far. Hey, that it has. I know early on I bought a money clip from you that I thought was cool, especially not only are you now a Floridian, but it was awesome because there's, you know, the Lincolns, everybody loves them. We call them the dream cars. Everybody wants one. But there wasn't a lot of guys. Yeah, man. There wasn't a lot of guys kind of putting the the energy and the effort into producing, like you said, American made. And when you look at uh, when you go to Detroit Deviant, which is all together, we'll talk more about it. I love, man, that you've got different price points there. It's not just you know four or five, six hundred dollar parts. I mean, you can you can go on there and buy like a gift for your spouse uh, with these little what do they call flasks, right? Yeah, yeah, we've got quite a bit of uh, kind of the industry term swag. You know, we've got the uh, money clips, uh, you know, lighter covers, some uh, flasks, a couple different sizes flasks, weed grinder, um, stickers we make in house. That kind of stuff. So yeah, anything from I think the cheapest item is probably six, seven dollars up to, you know, like you said, three or four hundred dollar items. And, and we have some other kits that'll be coming online soon that'll be, you know, more expensive than that. And then we carry some other people's products too, like Little Shop for the uh, coyote swap and that kind of stuff too. That gets pretty up, pricey up there. But um, yeah. our ultimate goal with the with the website and stuff is to be a one stop shop for the custom guy working on his Lincoln. So we're not going to be carrying, you know, stock brakes and that kind of stuff. You know, for as far as customizing goes, you know, we're, we're really trying to fill in the gaps, you know, from like the usual suspects, you know, that carry all that factory uh, stuff to keep the cars going, which is awesome. Those guys are great, like Lincoln Land and Old Parts Store and Bakers and all that. And um, they've got that pretty well covered. You know, but there really wasn't anybody that was filling the gap for the custom guys. So that's that's kind of our goal is to um, either create the product or carry product from other guys that are doing stuff too, and uh, to have like a one stop shop for for that. So, well, you nailed it. One of the other things I love that you do, James, is when I look at the parts. Even if I look at the '62 to '68 Lincoln Continental steering gearbox spacer kit, a lot of I'll say guys out there and companies have produced very similar product, but you take it a step further, man. And we're going to talk about the skills that you have with your partner there. You really uh, put a little extra into it. And I see the Detroit deviant. I mean, that's all laser etched. I mean, that's top quality. Uh, I love that you do that, man. Yeah. I mean, it's actually, you know, that was probably one of the first products that I made. I made a, a run of those years ago. It's a simple product. I mean, if you have a lathe, you can make it at home. Um, you know, the dimensions are really easy. Um, but yeah, and like you said, there's other guys making them, but it's one of those items that's like, it's a safety issue. You really need to put those on your car if you've got the factory rubber isolators. And, um, and so yeah, we take it a step further with the packaging, you know, we're, we're trying to build this brand. So rather than just throwing it in a box and shipping it to you, you know, it comes in a nice box. We have lasers in house, so we laser all our packaging. So all the parts fit in there real nice. And, and it's, it's a design exercise for us, you know, as far as making it look good. And, but then it's also a nice experience for the customer too. And, and our thought with it too, it's like, you know, you get a package from us, you know, you're gonna, you might just set it on your desk for a couple of days and look at it in the package, you know, by the time you get around to put it on your car and you're seeing that quality, you're seeing what we, the effort we put into it. And, you know, hopefully that translates into, you know, you, you know, buying a nice product and then maybe down the road you buy more products from us. So, you know, it's one of those things, you know, not, we don't package all of our products that way. 
but as we go along, we'll be getting, you know, more and more done that way. So, cause it is expensive. I mean, it's, uh, that package just for the steering box spacers probably runs us five or six dollars, but, um, you know, it's worth it, I think, in the long run. It is. I tell people all the time if there's someone out there that's producing great product, you got to get behind them. You got to support it. It's Detroit Deviant altogether. That's D E V I A N T. Uh, of course, that's .com. You mentioned the laser engraved stainless steel flask set. You look at the packaging, it's beautiful. It all fits in there nice. And a lot of these items, hey, I'm going to give a shout out on this one as well to the Lincoln Forum. It's where I met James originally. Hey, if you're on the Lincoln Forum or you're on any of these Facebook groups, you've got a spouse out there kind of saying, hey, what do you want for your birthday? What do you, you know, what do you want for Christmas? Boom, right here, say DetroitDeviant.com or just Google it. Land on the page. Buy a cool gift for your spouse. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, definitely. You know, we have a whole line of, uh, we haven't put out any apparel, which we've been kind of holding off on. There's a lot of guys that do apparel, and I didn't want to just put one t-shirt out or whatever. So we're actually working on a whole line of uh, hats, beanies, t-shirts, work shirts, and stuff, too, that we're going to, like, I guess I would say launch all at the same time rather than, like, trickle them out. So we're probably about a month or so away from the apparel line. And um, that'll be a nice gift item, too, for people. Hey, I love the ideas, and I'll continue to support you, man. Definitely appreciate what you do. I want to talk about your car in a minute. But first, you know, I kind of jumped right into DetroitDeviant.com. I wanted to know a little bit more about you, James. Like, what type of if, – if I think about the profession that you have to have to laser things and to make things that are precision-made, especially for these – uh, what we call slab sides. Are you like a machinist, an engineer? Like, how did you learn to do all this badass stuff? Um, I guess, you know, I would say a lot of it's just kind of natural, comes naturally to me as like a, you know, a mechanic, a machinist, a designer. Um, I do have a, a, a bachelor of fine arts degree um, in sculpture. Um which I still do some art, not as much as I would like, but, um, and then, but I've always had this love for all things with motors. And so, like I said earlier, you know, since I was about four, well, since I was about eight, probably I've been drawing cars and, and, uh, designing cars. And, um, when I was up in Michigan as a, a student, I won the Autorama design competition like six years in a row when I was going through high school and, and, uh, and my original thought was that I was going to be a car designer. Uh, my grandfather was a designer that worked for Ford and all that. And, uh, but ended up taking a different path more down the fine arts road. But then as I became an adult, um, when I moved to Florida, I bought a motorcycle. And as soon as I bought the brand new bike, I tore it all down and, and stretched the fenders and custom painted it and all that. And I've just been doing that ever since. And, and uh, had a custom bike shop for like eight years. And, and as that, shop developed and we learned more skills and I bought CNC machines and, and we were machining, you know, all kinds of, uh, custom bike parts. This was back in the whole chopper craze and, uh, you know, 2003 to 2008, that shop. And, uh, so I just kind of learned a lot about, you know, I, I was farming out a lot of stuff and then I, you know, it was like, oh, it'd be awesome if I had my own CNC machine and bought a milling machine and learned how to do it. And then bought a, a CNC lathe and learned how to program that. And, and uh, just, I was kind of pride myself on, you know, in my shop, I know how to do everything and I know how to program the machines. I know how to, you know, run everything. And then, you know, of course, as you grow and build, you hire people and you get the right people in there and they teach you stuff and you teach them stuff and it's um, every employee I've ever had has always been a great relationship. And I actually just hired back, uh, one of my guys that worked for me back in 2006, seven, eight, um, just started working for us again here at Detroit Deviant. So it's been kind of cool to bring some people back in that used to work for me before. And, and, uh, and then for the last eight years, I've been working as a senior tooling designer, uh, for a defense firm here in town that makes anti-submarine warfare products for the Navy. So I 
design for them everything from custom hand pliers to full automation projects where we're using, you know, uh, robots and cameras for pick and place and all kinds of stuff. So I've picked up a lot of real technical, uh, stuff working there and, uh, our SolidWorks. I'm a SolidWorks design professional. So, uh, you know, 3D modeling is like second nature at this point. So, mm-hmm. you know, we do a lot. Everything's designed on the computer 3D models. And then, uh, you know, at Echelon Design Works, which is the mother company of Detroit Deviant, um, you know, we have a lot of equipment there. So, you know, we do a ton of prototyping and we can make stuff right there in house, go check the fit on a car. And then whether we actually manufacture it here or I farm it across the street to one of our sister partner or partner companies, uh, one of my really good friends right next door has a multi-million dollar machine shop. So he does most of our production CNC work right there. So we can literally walk across the parking lot and check on it. And, uh, and then we do all our prototype stuff right in house. And we do a lot of our production work too with our own lasers but um, it's a good mix. It works really well so far. So, and we do our own packaging, everything in house. Well, James, I salute you, man. You're the true definition of what hustle uh, can turn into. I know you're still building that Detroit Deviant brand, but I know it is going to be something in the future that's going to continue to build, uh, especially the momentum that you have. What what I keep saying to myself is. It's great that you know Chris Dunn, which we're going to have him on sometime from Lincoln Land, and you got Kelly from uh, Old Lincoln Parts, and you know rest in peace. We had Tim Nil, uh, you know, out at yeah. uh, the Lincoln Ranch. You have all these folks that have collected these parts over the years, and they have been a lifesaver. I think what you're going to continue oh, yeah. to see, yeah, man, you're going to continue to see companies that are catering to. Maybe not, should I say, an LS swap, but, you know, coyote swaps and things like this. And, you know, I think you're going to continue to see uh, companies like yourself, Detroit Deviant, that are building parts that people need. Or, like me, I'm going to keep my 430 and my 462. You know, keep those old builds, but, hey, give me something that I can kind of spice them up a little bit with. And that's what your company does. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, thank goodness for those guys. And, you know, Tim Neal, rest in peace. I love that guy. I loved going to visit him. And I, I bought a lot of parts from him for my personal car. And I just loved going through his stash. And it was always nice to sit and talk with him. Uh, I just visited him a couple weeks before he passed away. And, uh, but, you know, we're, we're definitely trying to focus on, you know, like you said, building the brand. We're probably going to be bringing in another, you know, dare I say, Cadillac. Uh, line of parts mm-hmm. eventually um, you know because the the market is a real niche market too so it's pretty I think it'll be pretty tough to sustain with just just the Lincoln parts you know in the 60s era so we hope to expand out we may even pick some new modern cars uh, I'm not really sure yet but um, you know to try to really like you said, keep that momentum going, keep things building and, you know, become, uh, you know, a bigger company. And our ultimate goal with me and my partner, Dave, is to uh, be able to become fully self-employed again. Like you said, we're, we're hustling. We're working eight, nine, ten hours a day at our, like, full-time job. And then we work five, four or five hours a night during the week, you know, at Echelon Design Works, uh, filling orders, making parts lasering out stuff and doing all that. So we definitely got the hustle on right now and hopefully hopefully sometime in two thousand nineteen we'll be able to transition into, you know, being full time entrepreneurs and uh and going at it big time. And once that happens, you know, I, I have a zillion other ideas of parts I want to make and things I want to do, but it's you know, you're only got so much time in the day. So once once we can transition into the full time, you know, then it's just gonna be no holds barred. We'll be just it's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. Heck yeah, man. Well, I'll tell you this. Earlier this year, I think it was back in April, the homie Tony Boss Bolin and I, we went down to the LCOC event in Bradenton. We didn't know what to expect. Yeah. You know, his he's got the red sled, 65, yeah. customized. Yeah, he's got, he's got some of our parts on it. Yeah, he's got some of the Detroit Deviant parts. I was really impressed with just the camaraderie. You know, there's a lot of old-timers there to – you know, to, to, to kind of chop it up with and hear the stories. I met a gentleman by the name of Glenn Kramer. Uh, any of you guys that are listening, thank you from the Lincoln Forum. 
Uh, you may know the name Glenn Kramer. I believe for a few years he was the LCOC president. He had came in from uh, Houston, and he had a car that was debuting at like an Autorama show there. And I go, Glenn, what are you, what are you doing here? He goes, well, I, I made the commitment that I was going to come here and help judge and whatnot. But the point being is that even Glenn and a lot of other guys said, man, hey, it's your car. Do what you want to it. And, James, it was a good feeling because a lot of these guys, you know, they're purist is a word that's thrown around a lot, almost like patina, right? Everyone's like, patina, patina. But with the purists, yeah. they don't always embrace, like, maybe the custom parts and stuff. But it seems like, you know, there is a shift of the tides. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it is, you know, I love the, the purist guys and their perfect factory stock, you know, restorations and down to the little, you know, paint tick marks on the undercarriage and stuff or whatever. That's that's awesome. But a lot of the custom cars and the custom guys are bringing cars back from the dead that would never be fully restored to a bone stock factory, you know, type situation. It would be impossible. And, uh, but, you know, with, uh, you know, different people making, you know, fiberglass trunks now, and we've got some fiberglass parts that we're going to be coming online with and, and different things. Guys can take cars, you know, like Psycho that, pull the car out of the bushes, you know, and put a whole different undercarriage on it. And, you know, that's his daily driver. I mean, that thing's awesome, you know? And so I think there's room, there's always room for both. You know, some guys hate the big billet wheels and they, you know, only want the white walls and the, you know, but everybody has their own choice. It's their car, you know, do what you want with it. And uh, to me, it's, you know, the custom guys are putting more of the Lincolns back on the road. So I say, you know, go for it, you know? And then, you know, the whole swaps and, you know, coyote swaps and stuff. You know, I, I, I rebuilt the 462 engine that came in my car originally. And, and, uh, you know, I think it's pretty cool to keep these old engines running and, you know, 50 plus years on the road. And, you know, a lot of these cars with even unrebuilt engines, they're still, they're still driving around with the fact the original engine. It's like unheard of, you know, but it goes to show you the build quality that these cars had from the factory. They definitely did. It was funny. I was rolling with the, good friend of mine, Blair Farmer, uh, from Lincoln Continental Services, and he's a great, fantastic Lincoln mechanic. And one day he was telling me some of the old-time stories with John Cashman, and he mentioned one, and I forget if it was a 462. I think he was talking about the 460. He said, yeah, John one time told me that, you know, if there's ever like a uh, you know, a nuclear blast and everyone's killed, there's going to be roaches <laughs> left in the 460s, man, because those things are freaking tough. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, we've got this, you know, I would say kind of a young, younger, I mean, I'm not a young kid by any means, but, uh, you know, this kind of new group of guys that are going to be taking the reins here, you know, as people retire and, and, uh, you know, John Lyman come to mind, you know, Tony there in Tampa. Um, there's quite a few other younger, you know, younger guys than, you know, the older guys, you know, that they're going to be, you know, retiring and kind of getting out of it or whatever. And these new, this new group's going to kind of take the reins, I think. And, and uh, with, you know, hoarding all these old parts and doing all that to keep these cars on the road, which is pretty awesome. Hey, I totally agree. Now, I mentioned earlier the LincolnForum.net, and I, have been on this site, gosh, I want to say back 2007, 2008, something like that. I mean, I got on there about a year or two before I ever got my first Lincoln. And I want to talk about your car in a minute. But speaking of your car, if you search on there, and if you're on the site and you're listening, thanks again, you know, uh, you know, James. But uh, if you search Detroit Deviant on there, there's a build thread that's 17 pages and it's titled 68 Lincoln Liftoff Hardtop Sedan Mild Custom Resto. Over the years, I've yep. loved this thread, man, and I didn't think there was any mod that could get cooler than your rear bumper. Can you tell us a little bit about that modification? Because that's like a one-of-a-kind on these cars. Yeah, there's quite a few, uh, I guess you could say, automation uh, projects going on in this car. <laughs> um, one of them is the rear bumper. I, I took uh, two rear bumpers. Uh, one of them I got from Tim Nill and, uh, and then my original bumper and kind of cut them all up and took the little mini, uh, took the bumperettes that were in the middle, kind of dividing the, uh, license plate and miniaturized them, moved the license plate down into the main, uh, lower bumper and then made it, it flip. 
So when the car is in like show mode, um, the bumper is closed, the license plate flips, and it's just all nice and smooth. And then in drive mode, the license plate flips and exposes the uh, license plate. And then uh, I haven't made the lens yet, but we made some prototypes. There'll be a solid lens going all the way across from right to left that'll have like Lincoln or probably Continental will be engraved in that lens with LEDs behind it. And uh, it'll go all the way from one side to the other, which will be, it looks pretty cool. Um, so yeah, and actually I've thought about making fiberglass reproductions of that. If, if anyone's interested, maybe I would kick that idea around a little more, but, uh, and then, uh, and the, the front bumper we smoothed out. I, I got rid of the license plate uh, bracket in the front and used parts from uh, another bumper and, and uh, made that all nice and smooth in the front and then pinched it in a little bit too so it fits up a little closer to the body. That's some like chip foos type stuff, dude. When you see the, the yeah. build thread, it looks great. You know, you've even got uh, the the photos all titled, fit tack welded, lots of hammering, fully welded. They look fantastic. I know they're going to look great chrome if that's what you decide on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have the budget for Chrome. You know, every time I, I price right? it out, I'm like, Ooh. like put my kids through college or Chrome my bumpers. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I haven't really decided. You know, originally it was going to do black on the whole car, but I'm probably going to go with the color instead of black. And uh, and we might do like uh, do all the bumpers in the Chrome or the I don't know. I really haven't decided yet. But you know, if we're going to paint all the parts or Chrome everything, or you know, it just depends, I guess. But. I had a feeling you were going to say that. And, you know, we opened this podcast to uh, Hot Rod Lincoln, Asleep at the Wheel, one of my favorite songs. You're going to drive me to drinking, James, if you don't stop driving that Hot Rod Lincoln. I know that you're really looking forward to getting behind the wheel of this thing. But before that happens, dude, so I was saying earlier, there's no mod that could top the cool flip-away, hideaway license plate. Then a couple weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer, you hit us with this crazy sick mod. It was already going to be a sedan with a removable roof that was, like, mind-blowing, okay? So tell the listeners about what you got up your sleeve now, man. All right, well, um, you know, uh, many years ago when I started working on this car, uh, we decided to do a, a B-pillar delete, which is that little piece of chrome trim in between the, uh, the, the, rear, the front and the rear doors. And, uh, which seemed like a pretty easy mod. It was barely tack welded in from the factory and it basically came right on. I'm like, all right, that's cool. And then, uh, put the doors back on and realized that the, the, uh, you know, I had to fill that gap somehow. So I had gotten, uh, rear windows from Dimnil again and, uh, realized that the 67 convertible windows, um, are a little bit different angle in the back than the sedan seat pillar is. Mm-hmm. And so then I modified the C-pillar so that the angles matched and did all that. And uh, that was pretty cool. And uh, so then it was, you know, pillar list. And, uh, and then, you know, working on all kinds of other parts around the car and fixing a little bit of rust that I had and doing suspension and whatever. And then some at some point I was like, oh, it'd be cool to just to make this a lift off hardtop. So busted out the saws all and then... Uh, Bought more convertible parts from Tim. I bought all the, the stainless trim that goes around the front windshield and the the latches and the header bow from a convertible and uh, cut the roof off and basically grafted in the front header bow into the sedan metal roof and bought some T-Bird um, hardtop latches for T-Birds and, and CNC machines, some nice mounts and some pins, some guide pins and and uh, made a custom rear deck panel and did all that and made it a lift-off hardtop. And then the car's sit, been sitting for a couple years and went through a divorce, and and now it's back in my new shop that, you know, we set up about a year ago and, and uh, sitting there looking at it and kind of going over the situations of, like, okay, when this thing's a show car and, you know, we're cruising around Florida and it rains every day sometimes in Florida. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do when I'm at a car show and my top is in the garage at home? <laughs> yeah, okay. I got you. Not, right? So I'm like, well, that's going to kind of suck. And so then we're like, well, we could make like some sort of little collapsible top that we could keep in the trunk and, you know, latch it up on there just to kind of keep the interior dry or something, or maybe even some sort of tonneau cover or something. And 
And, uh, you know, I kicked around all kinds of different ideas and uh, some way of some sort of emergency top or cover or something. And, and then I'm watching videos of all these new cars with these, you know, basically three piece hard top holding hard tops that go in the trunk. And I'm like, man, that is really cool how all that works. I have no idea how it works and, but it looks cool. And watching different videos of Saabs and Mercedes and Chryslers and Fords and, you know, they all kind of have different ways that they fold and go into the trunk. And so I kicked that idea around quite a bit. And then I, uh, used some, uh, coordinate measuring devices and basically 3D modeled the car, uh, in SolidWorks and then modeled up the roof and how it could fold and, and I've got a pretty good 3D model going of it and uh kind of convinced myself that this might work and uh, I'm still not fully convinced but uh so yeah so we're moving forward with making it a three-piece folding hardtop convertible so it'll be the only one I know of in existence and uh it's certainly been a challenge and I think it'll it'll continue to be a challenge while we work through the issues and problems that I'm sure are going to come up. Um, but I basically settled on a, a, a Sebring convertible had kind of the movement that I felt would work well for the car. Mm-hmm. And um, cause that car, that, that top kind of does a backflip into the trunk. And with the way that the C-pillar is shaped and the really high wheel wells um, in the trunk area, I'm like, okay, that's, that's kind of what I want. I need it. I need it to backflip in. So some of them kind of do like a parallel bar thing and go in the trunk and they don't flip. It just depends on, you know, what kind of car it is. So anyway, so I bought a Sebring convertible, hardtop convertible, uh, from a junkyard and, and I've been kind of slowly grafting the parts that I can use from that onto my, my roof. That's kind of the stage I'm at right now. I, we took all the skin off of the top. Uh, the Sebring top. So I'm using the inner skin that has all of the attachment points and has all this crazy hydraulics for mm-hmm. the locks that lock each panel into position. And, uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm, I haven't cut my top into three pieces yet. So we're, you know, we're probably a week or two away from making those final cuts. But, um, so I'm in the middle of grafting in all those, the middle panels and I have to make some custom sheet metal pieces. I couldn't use everything. And, uh, and then it turned out I couldn't use any of the folding arm mechanism from that top either. The, the, the roof shapes are just way too different. So all of the mechanisms that actually fold the top, we're going to make from scratch. So it'll be, it's going to be interesting. It's really definitely a challenge. And that's one of the reasons why it's taken so long and, uh, to try to get this done. Not, and then we also have, uh, I did custom door handles that I made that are flush mounted. And they're all done on actuators. And I have a few other automation things in there, too, that I haven't shown pictures of yet that you'll have to wait on. But uh, Heck it's yeah, going to be uh, it's gonna be a pretty cool car. You know, I have, uh, uh, like I said, where I'm working, um, we do a lot of automation projects for, you know, in the industry with, this, uh, with robots and stuff. So probably going to be, you know, using a lot of that experience to have the car... Um, have all the stuff automated. So it'll be, we'll have different programs for like a show mode where it'll be able to run through the top cycle and, you know, do the license plate and, and do the door handles and, you know, all kinds of different things. So it should be, uh, it'll be, it's an interesting build for sure. It's uh, been time consuming and, and, uh, but it'll be, should be pretty sweet when it's all done. Well, I'm thankful that you haven't quit over the years. We've seen so many different builds, and even my JFK ride, the 67 sedan, you know, it's a little bit on the back burner. You know more than anyone that we go through trials and tribulations with these Lincolns. I I appreciate someone like you that even though you've taken breaks from it, you've kind of come back to that original thread, and when you go through the 17 pages, it's like you're telling the story now. That's why we started – that's why I started this podcast because – you know, I'm seeing the rust repair. I'm seeing the door handles, which, you know, we didn't talk about, but you mentioned the roof. So many mods. And I also like to point out to people that you don't have to have 
you know, smooth undercarriage and smooth under floors and all this crazy stuff that some guys do. Your your car is a lot of innovation. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of, you know, using technology to to make something that's going to look really, really, really awesome in the end. But it doesn't happen overnight, does it, James? It takes time. It certainly does take time, yeah. You know, and my car is going to be a driver, too. I, I've never built anything that, uh, you know, I didn't use. I do uh, I do have one custom bike that sits in my office that has hardly any miles on it. But, um, you know, for the most part, you know, I want to drive them. I want to use them. I want to take them to shows. And so, you know, I, I could never see building a car with like a, I, mean, I can't say I could never see, but, you know, building something that was so clean and perfect on the undercarriage that you could like do surgery on it or something. But, uh, yeah. you know, especially with these cars, it's pretty tough being a, a unibody car. And, and uh, but yeah. so my car is just all undercoated and, you know, it's not undercoat, but it was a, a spray that we sprayed on the undercarriage. So it's clean, but it's not, uh, you know, I wouldn't call it, uh, you know, uh, had, uh, what do you, what's that, uh, like an autorama, you know, perfect show car type of thing. Yeah, but to me, man, you pull up in a show like that, I mean, your car has got so much style to it. You picked a year, too, that, you know, most guys, you know, they, they like to, we always joke around, the 61 through 65s. I always do that hashtag, best year Lincoln. If it's a 66, yeah. then I put the plus 67. The 68s weren't very different. You know, just that kind of the front fender is what really sticks out in my mind. But, you know, from you doing, having the idea, a lot of the 61 through 65s, right? They do the pillar delete. They get the rear convertible glass so that it matches up with the front. And then, as you yeah. mentioned, you know, it flows. The, the glass can come up in the back. No big deal. To your point, 66, 67, 68. You couldn't easily do that. A lot of work, but you know, again, it was one of those things where you know, if it was me, I don't have those kind of skills. I kind of eh, throw in the towel. You, you kind of show people that, hey, man, you keep with it. You can put out, and you can, and you can basically put out an awesome product that looks great, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, and, and you know, I always laugh like, oh, you can't fit that motor in, or you can't do that, or you can't do that. And so I was like, well, you can do anything. You just have to figure out how to do it, you know. And if you're not afraid to bust out a Salzall and a welder, then you can pretty much make anything fit or you can do, you know, so it's, it is a lot of, you know, these cars, not the, it's not something you can just go build out of a catalog, right? So, you know, we were uh, restoring 69 or 67 Mustangs or Camaros, it would be, you know, yep, you could do that in your sleep. You know, you can order every part for those cars out of the catalog, everything's reproduced. You don't have to really restore anything. You could buy all brand new and just build one of those cars. But, you know, these Lincolns, as you know, there's like hardly anything reproduced for them, especially sheet metal and glass and all that kind of stuff. So you have to scrounge. You got to find used parts. You got to re- actually restore the parts. And so that makes it more fun, but it also is more challenging too. And, and like we said, uh, we said before, People, a lot of people, when they get into the car, they buy the car for the first time. They don't really realize <laughs> how difficult it is going to be uh, to get to get the car to where they want it to be because they are very complicated, you know, with their uh, electrical systems and, and it's just the there's a lot to the car that's nothing simple about it really. Yeah, it's overwhelming. This past weekend, I was at Blair Farmers, called Blair's Lair, aka Lincoln Continental Services, over in Clearwater, and. I tell you, it's, you know, even me, I've been around the cars a good bit, surely not as much as other guys, especially Chris Dunn and Blair and and John Cashman, but even me, I kind of feel like, hey, you know, I can pull a motor out, no big deal, I can do this, I can do that, but it's something a little overwhelming when you see all the relays and you're going, okay, I got to bleed the system and I got to do this and do that, so like you said, they're not not cookie cutter by any stretch of the means. Um, I did want to also kind of let everyone know that you're over in the Orlando area. So when they purchase parts on DetroitDeviant.com, you know, they're going to ship out of Orlando, and within a couple days they'll have them at their home. So I think that's an also great selling point right there uh, for you, James. Yeah, we uh, we try to ship, you know, every day during the week. And, you know, if you're in Florida, you basically get it in a day or so. And uh, people are always more than welcome to come by the shop. We don't operate like normal business hours there yet but um you know we uh certainly anybody's welcome to come by anytime and, and uh you know give me a call or something and make sure we're going to be around or we'll arrange to make sure we're there and, and 
you know, show you the shop. And, and I should say too, we're, uh, we just hired two new people and, uh, so now there's like four of us there and we are going to be looking, we're going to, we're kind of opening up a space to, um, you know, it's been kind of a private shop mm-hmm. for the last year. And then my shop before that was completely private. And, uh, we're probably a month or two away from taking on some pro- some other people's projects. So if anybody out there does want their car restored, we're kind of feeling out maybe what project we want to take on um, to do a restoration for somebody, um, you know, custom build and, uh, and, you know, that kind of thing. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a Lincoln. It would be great if it was. Um, you know, it has to be something cool. I'm not interested in restoring like an old Jaguar or something, but, um, you know, Lincoln, Cadillac, you know, would be awesome. So if there is anybody that does have a car that they want to get restored, especially a Lincoln, um, you know, we're going to be opening up a space in the shop for a new project here soon, too. How about a 77 Maverick, dude? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I might have I might have to sleep on that one. <laughs> I know, I know. I hear you, man. Those aren't, there's a, right by my in-laws, there's someone, I don't know what year it is, it's probably a 77, but it's a little old blue four door. I'm just every time I pass it, they park it outside. They live in a real nice home, and I'm just like, man, you got to have a lot of love for a four door Maverick, man. I'm like, eh, I don't know, yeah. man. I can't do that. I love yeah. four doors, but not in Mavericks. You know what I mean? Yeah, there must be uh, some sort of family history there behind that one. Yes, sir. So <laughs> you know, again, everyone, thanks for listening. I did want to also before we kind of wrap it up, uh, one of your. I would say probably best-selling products has got to be the fender braces. I love that you you offer them for these cars in you know different styles with the holes. Uh, you also have you know some of the laser engraving. Uh, tell us a little bit about that idea and you know how that can maybe you know add a little bit of spice to someone's engine bay if they're looking for that. Yeah, that was a that was kind of a no-brainer product for me. You know, I was looking in the engine bay and the factory cars have a a steel tube brace. That goes from the firewall to the fender. And I'm like, man, that would be something really cool to make a nice billet piece there. And, uh, so, so yeah, we have like four different designs where we cut some, we do ribs, uh, seed holes, I call them, and then oval, kind of oval slots. And then we do smooth ones, um, that we then get anodized, usually black. We did offer red and we do offer red and we had silver, but we don't have any silver anymore. But, um, and then we can laser engrave on those. So we have uh, some in stock that say Lincoln, some that say Continental, and then we offer custom engraving too. So a lot of we've sold quite a few sets where we've laser engraved uh, the name of the car. You know, a lot of guys like to name their cars, and so that's kind of a cool spot to uh, put a nice, you know, script of their car's name. And then when they you know showing off their engine, um, they're they're kind of right there front and center when you first look in. You have these diagonal bars, you know, are sitting right on top of everything. And, uh, and then we also have matching, uh, the dual master cylinder covers we make for those two, which match, uh, matching designs, matching anodized colors. And uh, that's for the, basically the 66 to 69s is the master cylinder covers. And the fender braces fit all the years from 61 to 69. Yeah, I love the master cylinder covers, you know, the ball milling, I think it's sometimes referred as. You've got the smooth ones, yeah. as you mentioned, and then you've got the Lincoln the famous Lincoln logo in there as well. Yeah, it's- yeah, we do two different versions of the Lincoln logo. We have one where we actually engrave uh, in the star, and then uh, one where we use the laser and laser the star on. So it's kind of two different looks. Heck yeah! And you know, one thing that came to mind is a lot of we talked about ladies and guys that love their Lincolns. They, you know, maybe they do want to keep them very stock, but. A lot of these guys don't open the hoods at a show because it's a 430 or it's a 462, sometimes a 460, of course. But the cool yeah. thing is, if you're looking for you know any of these different products, like it, it adds a little bit of that hot rod flair. So I know some of you guys are listening, going, "I'll never do it." Totally get it. But this is an option yeah. for a lot of us, including myself, that likes to customize a little bit. And hey, the 430s, the Mel Motors, you know, they're not the the most beautiful looking motors. They've got the surge tank up there and things like that, but you can still make them look really nice, especially with the black paint and some of the, the add on items from Detroit deviant, man. I love the products. Yeah. One of the, you know, along those lines there, the guys that 
want to keep that kind of stock look. Um, the exhaust covers, I would say, are probably the most popular for the stock guys because it, especially if they get them in the just powder-coated black, we do offer laser engraving on them too with different designs, but just the powder-coated black goes, it's easy bolt-on, three bolts, and bolts down using the valve cover bolt, and um, it covers over the exhaust manifold, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's no headers available, and a lot of guys keeping them stock. That exhaust manifold's always rusty and doesn't look good, and uh, those covers cover it over real nice. It, it kind of flows real nice off of the valve covers, and it gives it like a nice finished look in there. And uh, and we offer those in brushed stainless steel and the black powder coat. So it's it's a it, that's a really nice finishing touch that doesn't throw off like the stockness of the engine either. You know what I mean? It doesn't, and and that's going to be one of the next parts, uh, custom parts that I add to JFK Ride. Uh, if you check the hashtag JFK Ride or on Instagram. You can uh, check it's JFK underscore ride. Uh, you know you'll you'll see some of the the items there. I also uh, have some parts on my car from Detroit Deviant. Love 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 the brushed stainless steel Mel uh, exhaust manifold cover set. That's what I'm going to get next. I think it's 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 right in line. You know you can't buy manifolds for these cars for the most part. So uh, it's a nice way to add that nice look and then keep of course the. Uh, the the spark plugs, you know, away from that header. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, a, you know, I actually try, you know, I worked on a design for headers for those engines, but it is so tight in that engine bay. And uh, I can't, I wouldn't say it can't be done, but it would be a really interesting set of headers to put on those engines in those cars. And so the those covers just were kind of a, a good way, I think, to kind of clean it up. You know, and they're pretty pretty inexpensive too yeah they definitely are it's a great price point on the site so visit detroitdeviant.com right in the middle click on shop and then boom you've got your product there again even if you're not looking to customize your lincoln you could still go there pick up a flask pick up some of the other product that's offered i did want to ask too you know as we kind of wind it down from a family perspective i i know you've posted your son i think his name is gavin in the lincoln forum a couple times you know he's your He's your kind of right-hand yeah. man there, and I, and I love that, that yeah. the connection. Um, is your family, is it kind of a family affair? You know, do the kids really enjoy it? You know, do they at least respect your dad, you know, respect their dad's, uh, I'd say, addiction? Yeah. I think they think I'm probably a little crazy. Um, <laughs> nah. But, uh, you know, they definitely enjoy coming to the shop. They've, you know, been around my shop since they were, you know, little going back to the motorcycle shop and uh, growing up, hanging out in the shop. And, and uh, I would say right now it's kind of interesting, but my two daughters, um, Gavin's twin sister, Allison, and the older sister, Mackenzie, uh, who's 15 now, uh, I would say that my daughters love coming to the shop the most right now. They uh, they actually took, they helped me de-skin that skin off of that uh, Sebring convertible top. They're out there with chisels and hammers and and uh sanding on stuff and they you know they really enjoy it Mackenzie uh loves getting out there getting greasy and and uh, she was running the mill the other day and I actually posted a picture of Mackenzie on my on my uh, spiral design works Instagram page the other day of her uh working on the mill and and uh for them it's kind of like you know uh fun time with dad you know we get to go out in the shop and and uh, sometimes they you know make their own personal projects and you know we laser stuff out or we you know make jewelry or you know do whatever you know we've got just about every tool imaginable so it's uh they haven't gotten into any welding yet or anything but i think that'll you know that'll come but uh it's it's been fun they're uh they're great kids and and uh you know it's, it's nice to and i actually promised Mackenzie that i would have the lincoln done for her senior prom so i have like about two and a half years i, I need to really get on that Heck yeah, I mean, I love setting the goal. And you know what, kids? You know, with kids, I say, hey, there's cheap labor, you know what I mean? But just messing around. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, get over there and saying that. Yeah. Heck yeah. So you did mention Spiral Design Works. Uh, give a shout out there. And I think the easiest way to get to that is from Detroit Deviant on Instagram, if you just click that profile. Yeah, on the profile of Detroit Deviant, there's a clickable link, I believe, where you can go to that's kind of the spiral underscore design underscore works. It's like my personal page. Um, I sometimes post art that I do or uh, my build kind of thread for the Lincoln is on there and, and uh, whatever other shenanigans I got going on in the shop, I post on there and uh, just trying to kind of keep things kind of segmented between 
the Detroit Deviant line, the Grinder Store, Spiral Design Works, and then we have an Echelon Design Works page as well on Instagram, so um, which is more of design and machining and, and machine parts and that kind of uh, tooling and stuff that we make. It's a lot to keep track of, but uh, keeps you, you know, busy. We're trying to, yeah, definitely busy. Well, hey, if you're in the Orlando area, steer clear June 29th. He posted uh, on Spiral Design Works that uh, Mac is officially on the streets. I think she got her driver's license, so congrats to your daughter. Yeah, she got her uh, her learner's permit, so, you know, I still got to be in the car with her. But Ah, uh, uh, okay, so. okay. Yeah, she's all right now, just messing around. Kids are crazy yeah. these days. Put that phone down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, listen, all you old heads out there, you guys are good dudes. If you're not on Instagram, Instagram is not a scary thing. Uh, it's owned by Facebook. Instagram is the place to be. Uh, John Cashman's there. Uh, Chris Dunn's there. Blair Farmer. So many big names. And, of course, James, he is there, too, with Detroit Deviant. He's mentioned some of his other uh, Instagram names and profiles, if you will. It's super easy just type in the uh, little magnifying glass, tap on that, uh, and type it in. Boom. You're right there, and then you can click the links in the profile. Definitely love sharing uh, how technology can bring us together, help us uh, get parts for these cars. Um, the last thing I'll mention that on Echelon, or excuse me, on Detroit Deviant, one part that whether you like custom stuff or not, uh, he offers 61 to 69 Lincoln Continental gas pedal bracket slash boot assembly. So there's a very f- fair price point there. And you've even got the little black boot that uh, really kind of just sets it off. It cleans it up. A lot of those are rotted and nasty. And uh, you can make sure uh, to check uh, to ensure the proper uh, clearance throughout the complete range of motion. And uh, it's a good product with a great description there. Yeah, that was the early part, too, that uh, just kind of developed out of the need that I needed one, and nobody was making a reproduction. And it's not a exact reproduction. Um, you know, tooling up to make exact boots would be cost prohibitive for the amount of volume that we would do. But um, I found those boots from a good supplier, and we make the bracket in-house. And, and uh, So we had a few issues with fitment early on, but working with uh, Nathan Wilson, I was able to go check the fit on a bunch of his cars over at his place and uh so we got that fitment down good and and uh it's just a good way to keep like you said clean up from the old bracket and then keep the water from intruding into your frame rails and onto your floor pans uh you know around your gas pedal there so it's kind of a simple product but it was something that little uh that people needed and that those actually sell pretty good we, we probably move 30 of those a month or something yeah it's a great product uh, also, you gave a shout-out to one of your buddies that lives over that way. Great guy. I think if everything worked out, I just helped him score a 64 red Lincoln Continental convertible, beautiful car with white bucket seats. But go on YouTube, type in Driving Dreams Lincoln. Three words. You're going to see Nathan Wilson's name. James just mentioned it. It's under Driving Dreams Restoration. Uh, definitely subscribe. Just under a 1,000 subscribers. And uh, he's got some cool videos, including the insane 800 horsepower 64 Lincoln drifting. I cannot wait to ride in that thing. I hope it's still over in the stable. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy, really knowledgeable, and uh, he's been a great help with us getting out some of our parts launched. And, and uh, so definitely shout out to Driving Dreams over there with Nathan. Well, good stuff. Well, listen, man, it has been a pleasure. Lincoln Attic Podcast, Episode 1. James, we consider you family. You've continued to help the automotive scene, and we wish you nothing but uh, success as far as uh, you know expanding outside of Lincoln's. That's fine. Uh, build your brand, use your skills, and do big things, brother. Uh, anything else you wanted to share with uh, the Lincoln Attic listeners? Uh, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, really honored to be your first guest, and I think you're going to do great things with this show. And uh there's a lot of guys out there, and it's a great community. Everybody helps each other out, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of support, and there's a lot of good, you know, good guys that are helping with the used parts and, you know, some new parts and getting these cars back on the road, I think, is the most important thing. So it's great seeing them go down the road. I get people that email me or text me pictures all the time of Lincoln's that they, oh, I saw one today, you know, driving here. Is that somebody you know? And I'm like, oh, I wish I knew all of them, but, right. uh, you know. So. Yeah, good <laughs> but, stuff. Uh, 
Yeah, so any you know anybody wants to come by the shop, just give us a ring. Yeah, we appreciate it. Next time you have an open house, which I know you're thinking about another one, let us know. Tony Boss Bolin and ODB Jason Ballard, that's me. Uh, we would love to come over and try to flood the parking lot and uh, show some Lincoln love out there in the uh, Orlando area. Thank you so much, James and uh, James Spiroff in the house. Uh, just want to say appreciate everyone listening. And uh, everyone, have a great evening. We'll hit you back in about two weeks with another episode of All Lincoln of Attic Podcast. I, yeah, I said, boys, that's a mark for me. By then, the taillight was all you could see. Now the fellas all ribbed me for being behind, so I thought I'd make that Lincoln unwind. Took my foot off the gas, and man alive, I shoved it on down into overdrive. Well, I wound it up to 110. My speedometer said that I'd hit top end. My foot was glued like lead to the floor. That's all there is. There ain't no more. Now the boys all thought that I'd lost my sense, and them telephone poles looked like a picket fence. They said, slow down. I see spots. The lines on the road just look like dots. We took a corner, sideswiped the truck, and I crossed my fingers just for luck. My fenders was clicking the guardrail post, and the guy beside me was white as a ghost. Smoke was coming from out of the back when I started to gain on that Cadillac. I knew I could catch him and I thought I could pass. Don't you know by then we'd be low on gas. I had flames coming from out of the side. You can feel the tension, man. What a ride. I said, look out, boys. I got a license to fly. And that caddy pulled over and let us by. Now all of a sudden she started to knock him down in the dip. She started to rock and I looked in the mirror. Red light was blinking. Then cops was after my hot rod blinking. They arrested me and they put me in jail And they called my pappy to throw my bail And he said, son, you're gonna drive me to drinking If you don't stop driving that hot Rod Lincoln 